This whole self-quarantine thing has got me losing my goddamned mind. At the forefront of my mind is my son not believing any of this shit is real and then uh, acting as if it's not. And so I'm, I'm freaking about, about him bringing in like COVID. And then I've got this freak out that people are going to be breaking in for whatever reason to steal whatever the fuck I have. And I'm, I'm going fucking insane. I woke up in the middle of the night last night thinking someone was like breaking into my house. And so out of a dead sleep, I jumped up out of bed. I bust into my son's room where I thought I heard the sound. No one was in there. And then I turned around, looked down the hall, and he's like peeking his head out from the bathroom going, what are you doing? And I'm still in like mid sleep, not understanding what the fuck fully is going on. And I was like, is someone trying to get in? <laughs> he's like, no. I was like, okay, good night. <laughs> and then I had a pretty decent night's sleep. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Reverend Campbell, being joined today by Patrick DeMarco. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm okay. I, I kind of feel your pain about this whole uh, uh, breaking and entering and waking yeah. up in the middle of the night, and, you know. Yeah. Well, it is, it is March 29th. As of today, we have 721,051 worldwide cases of COVID-19 with 33,936 deaths. But I got a great show for you this week. <laughs> We're going to be talking in the Devil's Advocate about stratification and the infernal informant. We're going to answer the question, when will you see money and benefits from this stimulus bill that was signed into law on Friday? And in the final segment, Creature Feature, we're going to be talking about even more insanity in this world, possibly more than this pandemic, Tiger King. <laughs> Netflix documentary series, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. But before we dive into that, so uh, you've been holding up, man? Uh, yeah, I've been doing okay. I've been holding up better than some some other people I know. So you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's what it is, man. It's it's uh, I noticed that people are a lot more friendlier at the grocery store, even though we're keeping our social distancing. I mean, everybody. The one thing that I can say about this that I really have a lot of perspective on is that it has kind of leveled the playing field. Yeah. Like everybody is fucked. So. There's not, there's not just different levels of fucked. We're all fucked. Mm -hmm. And everybody feels that fucked. Like, you know, it's like you look at the person, you're like, yeah, we're fucked. And they know it too. And it's just kind of, uh, you know, I just always tell people, you never know what's coming down the pike for you. Yeah. Be nice to the people on the way up because you'll see them on the way down. And then now it's like, holy shit, man. This is, uh, this is not good. This is like really bad. And then Trump just announced an hour ago that it's going to be exceeding to april 30th now so now it's extended mm -hmm. so that's like where i said if this goes for two months april a lot of 30th april 30th now so yeah it, that came out like an hour ago i just saw it on cnn i was like motherfucker so now <laughs> it's gonna be this will decimate a lot of industries this will kill a lot of businesses this will hurt a lot of households so um the good the good thing about this is that gosh 
um, uh, catastrophicness like this will bring about change, yeah. hopefully in a positive manner for everybody. Now, yeah. there will be things in place so that this doesn't happen again, hopefully, or we just wiped ourselves out. We're just polishing the brass on the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want it to shine. I mean, that's really oh, what it comes oh, yeah. down to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go down we, with the ship. We spent so much time and money building it. We might as well make it look good on the way down. Uh, let me give a quick shout out to everyone in the chat room. Uh, Zachary, Peanut Butter Toast, and uh, Dean Osmodeus. Thank you guys from Germany. Hey, hope you're staying healthy in Germany, my friend. Thank you for joining in the uh, middle of the, I don't know, early wee hours of the morning for you. Wes, good to see you, man. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about you know what I've already mentioned, but what I'm going to start doing, uh, because I am taking this seriously and I'm doing my best not to freak out about it, and so by way of that, at the beginning of every show, I'm going to give worldwide counts so that we can have some form of global perspective. Because as our friend uh, Osmodeus and then uh, Angelo, for example, how you doing, man, um, who live in different countries around the world are experiencing it in different ways. Uh, I do think it's important for us to understand that this is not a regional issue, that this is a global pandemic and it's affecting the globe. We are this tiny, tiny little rock hurling through space and uh we're it like this is all that we are aware of and so let's maybe act that way with that knowledge i don't know i'm not saying like love everyone fuck no but i am saying to your point earlier patrick that we're all fucked so let's not treat everyone like shit for no fucking reason just don't be a dick um yeah and we're fucking the way that we don't like to get fucked so exactly with no lube, not one goddamn no. reach around, just all selfish fucking. <laughs> um, so because of COVID, um, you know, because of the lockdown, all were like our schools here are all shut down and have been for um, two weeks now, I think. And my son had enough credits to graduate, but he was still just going to school for his friends and just to, you know, finish some projects and just sort of just have fun. And now he's like, no, I'm done. I'm not doing school from home. I've got my credits. I'm graduated. <laughs> and it's just like that <clears throat> as a parent, when you have a kid graduate, that's literally like you did it. Like that, that is a huge weight off your shoulders because one, you want to raise them until they're 18 so that they can be on their own. He's 18. Right. Then you want to make sure that they have the baseline education. Everything above that, I'm going to help him with if he wants help. But right. from here on out, I did my job as a parent. He is a responsible human adult and I don't have to worry anymore. And that is a huge, I didn't even realize it would be a huge weight off my shoulders until it happened. And now I'm just like, wow, I got one more to go. One more kid to bring on home. Oh, let's fucking end this thing. They say it gets easier with the second one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that. kids. According to, the, according to the courts, I don't have any kids. <laughs> Legally. Legally. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, uh, and so with him, of course, his own man, and he's still living at home because, you know, he doesn't have any friends that can, you know, all of his friends are still in high school. And so he doesn't have friends he can shack up with. Like I did when I was kicked out of my house around 16 to 17, where I would like crash at old people's houses and uh, my drug dealer friends and stuff would, uh, we'd all like rent an apartment or a duplex together at different parts. Um, he doesn't have any of that. And so he's just still living in my house. And so I am getting pretty frantic about this idea that he's not taking seriously this COVID pandemic. 
I am at massive risk uh, right. because I have asthma. And so, like, is he going to be the fucking death of me? <laughs> like, you always fear that as a parent. Yeah. You're going to end your kid's life or something. But now I'm like, is he going to end mine? <laughs> well, you know, and the other side of that, too, is, like, I'm sure you've thought about how the fact that, um, you know, he, he's not ready to go to the job market. There isn't one. Mm-hmm. He's not. He can't go to college right now because he's not allowed. So, mm-hmm. like, his, his, his life is kind of, like, put on pause, so, yeah. so to speak, until this all works itself out. So. You know, yeah, you've, he's graduated and, and all this other stuff, but now there's a delay in where he's going to go and how he's going to pursue things and even what career that he picks because now, yeah. you know, now it's like, well, I want something that's going to be essential so I never have to worry about not working anymore. Um, you know, like for some of us um, tattoo artists, like most of, most of my industry is going to be decimated by this. Yep. There's a hundred shops in Las Vegas. I estimate seven out of ten will close permanently by the time this is over. Yeah. So there will be thirty, probably thirty percent or less that are going to be still open and doing well. Uh, I am so lucky that I'm financially responsible and fiscal with my money, so mm-hmm. I can pretty much last quite a while. So I'm, I'm hoping that I get to stay, but at the same time, it's like, you know, this isn't something that is my fault or a lot of our faults. It's just. Just what it is, man. Like I said, we're fucked. Yeah. Yeah, I was just hit on Friday this last week uh, with the economic side of this where I'm a a junior partner in my business, but that means that we also have to make these tough decisions. And so which clients are going to be staying with us advertising? And of those, are they going to reliably pay us? And if they don't reliably pay us, how are we going to make payroll? Um, And so we, we have to make these honest like evaluations saying, okay, look, we have enough of a buffer in our account to last through spring to the end of spring if we all take a pay cut then we could last into the summer and so you have to you have to do it and i was like okay let's take the pay cut we'll last into summer hopefully we're going to talk about this here in a little bit the stimulus bill is going to help uh, offset those costs and then hopefully this fall if things start to even out in some degree then I can go back to my current pay grade, but it's going to hurt. And and when you start to get hit in the pocketbook, and again, I'm privileged and I know that. And, you know, I, some people have been dealing with this for months now, whereas I'm just now being hit with it. You're forced to make choices. Do I buy another bottle? Do I continue that subscription service? And you you have to honestly look, and, you know, to your point, you're saying you're, you're fiscally conservative. That's what you have to be in your life in general, just to find a sense of happiness, but also in a catastrophic event that we're finding ourselves in. Well, you, you have know, to make choices. And that's something else too, that a lot of businesses just started. They've been only open one or two months. They mm-hmm. just <laughs> opened up, you know, um, the prime example, one of the bar, uh, barber opened up in the complex that I'm in. He was at a month before I was there. He's actually starting to do good, but he has a house payment. He has kids. He has this. Everything extra he had, he put into the success of his business, and now it's done. Mm-hmm. So he, he was fiscally responsible. He was doing what he was supposed to do. When you build a business, it costs a lot to get the ball rolling until you start to reap the benefits of all your hard work. Yeah. As he starts to do that, and a lot of other people do that, now that's done. They may not recover from this. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, on that high note, <laughs> let me just say that because of this, I am starting to think of, well, what if the economy starts to collapse and how am I going to exist in this world where I may not have a paycheck coming? Um, and so I have been thinking about 
uh, previous to this, just not growing hops anymore and not making beer and not continuing my grapevine cultivation and, and not making wine anymore. But now I'm like, oh no, fuck that, I'm doing it. Because <laughs> I need to barter with something. And if all I can bring to the table is alcohol, it's going to be worth a lot if we can't get into the liquor stores and we can't get it off the shelves. So, yeah, consider it, people. Yeah, it's, it's going to be... No, I hear you. We might be on, on the trade system. You know, mm -hmm. I might be doing stick and poke tattoos. Yeah, dude. You're like, hey, I need some food. You want some ink? Let's let's get together. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, when this whole thing started, I was while we were still open. I was like, hey, um, you know, bring a roll of paper towels and a roll of toilet paper with you for every appointment. Mm -hmm. So I got stocked up pretty quick. Hell yeah. Just from that, but I was like, wow, it could be like, well, if you want to get tattooed, bring me food, bring me this. You have no. It's just. Just even the thought that we'd be going back to that system is, in this day and age, is just it's just awful. I mean, yeah. this this really fucking sucks because I like Chiba Hut and going to the movies and going to Hobby Lobby and shit, and I can't yeah. do that now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna make us reevaluate things. Um, just as a closing thought before we start the show proper here, um, I was uh, honored to be a guest. In the Infernal Legion episode number nine, that's on RadioFreeSatan.com, but I also put up a version on my website. So if you want to hear about my military service, go on over and check out the Infernal Legion episode nine. It was a lot of fun. So thank you, Warlock Jeff Bowling, Satanist Dwayne Burns, and Warlock Jeff Ivans. Had a good time. All right, let's start the show with a little stratification talk. Um, so, oh shit, wrong, sorry. <laughs> You're not in this anymore. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> that, that was very convincing. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, shit, this shit stuck down. All right, so let's just do a quick definition. The definition uh, from uh, online of stratification is the arrangement or classification of something into different groups. That's different than satanic idea of stratification and so i want you to forget that because that's not it at all so we're going to get into that but this is part of the reason why i think it's confusing for people because um, we do take a known definition in certain cases with um, satanic lingo as it were and our own vernacular and expect it to mean the same thing, and it quite frankly, it doesn't. So when we are first introduced to the idea of stratification through Satanism, it's with pentagonal revisionism, and it's the first one, and it is the point on which all others ultimately rest. There can be no more myth of equality for all. It only translates to mediocrity and supports the weak at the expense of the strong. Water must be allowed to seek its own level without interference from apologists for incompetence. No one should be protected from the effects of his own stupidity. And so through the context of that definition in Satanism, it's not arrangement oh, or classifying of things into different groups. Oh, uh, am I, do you have me now? Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I did see just like a little uh, flub. 
Yeah, okay. Oh shit! Always happens on our show. It does. I don't know what it is. It's us. Uh, hey, dog. Thanks for joining us. Um, okay, so the COS definition is more about meritocracy and not stopping those from accepting uh, the responsibility of their own actions, whereas the traditional form of stratification is about separating, choosing who you want to be next to and who you want to uh, be as a part of your life or even on a global scale, separating our uh, cultures into classes of upper, middle, and lower classes uh, through pay or region, um, what have you. And so I think it's interesting because if, if we don't even have an understanding of what stratification means, then we don't even necessarily need to worry about how it's applied. So in last week's episode, um, it was brought this idea that uh, um, misanthropy, uh, how I was saying uh, misanthropy is not a necessary, as a necessary idea that Satanists must uh, be connected with, but it is an idea that some are. Um, it was brought up, well, what about stratification? And I would say that stratification as a concept is integral to Satanism because we do believe in a meritocracy of ideas and behaviors, but we live in a society that doesn't always. Like you and I have had this conversation over and over again, Patrick, where sometimes meritocracy is a gamed system and it's not inherent upon the abilities of the individuals and that's kind of our capitalistic system that we live in you have uh, a corporate um, uh, social structure where we give corporations money to stay afloat but if a individual needs that same social structure we look down on it or we refuse to do it as a society uh, and so it's it's tough as a satanist i think to then look at stratification through the lens of meritocracy and allowing others to suffer the consequences of their actions uh, on a global scale when we don't think of it in those terms. We think of it in the terms of, I don't want to be next to you because you're a fucking idiot, and so I'm just going to keep my distance. Well, that's not what the doctor is talking about in pentagonal revisionism. And so I find it very interesting. Do you, do you ever run into this idea that when we're talking about one single subject, people have vastly different ideas about what it means? Oh, of course, everybody's interpretation is up to how they process the information. I mean, um, you know, there's one thing I talked about in our past episodes, it was called the Peterson scale. Do you remember that? Mm -mm. Where corporations will promote to the level of incompetence. So basically somebody comes out of the gate, they start getting promoted fast, then they get to a job that they've been promoted to that they can't do. Mm -hmm. So as corporate structure is, they don't demote that person or fire that person. They just stay at that level of incompetence and they surround themselves with other incompetent people. Yeah. So, it, 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 and now we're seeing that in our politics and in the corporate sector and how they're dealing with this crisis because you have people that can't do the job in the first place and now you've dumped a catastrophe on top of it and you're watching them flounder like fish out of water. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, that that's a survival technique for some too. If you're just not, if you cannot compete with the guy next to you, then you want to make sure that the guy next to you is worse than you. <laughs> and so you're promoting people that just don't have what it takes. I noticed this when I went to college. Um, because our education system is so bad, my son in fifth grade is being taught algebra. My first year in college, I was being taught the same exact algebra that he was being taught in fifth grade. 
in college. So everything is dumbed down because in order for our population to say they have credentials, you need to have a diploma. But if you're too fucking stupid to have the diploma because you weren't taught correctly in your education system, then the education system itself has to dumb it down so that you can realize that that this is the era of the participation trophy. Mm -hmm. That's exactly this is where we're starting to feel it now. It was it was like 10 years ago. They started that shit. You know, everybody feel good about themselves. Let's not get people upset. Let's not create competition. Mm -hmm. You know. I took my nephew to a game one time and uh, they gave him a participation trophy. I said, what is this for? Well, you know, we're just so glad that they had a great time and they enjoyed the game. And I said, really? So it's not about who won or lost? She goes, yeah. I said, then why the fuck did you keep score? What was the point of that? Point. I was like, oh my God. I said, you don't need this, bro. That, you know, that's competition breeds the very best, I think. And healthy competition will make like you say, the cream rise to the top, the meritocracy. If everybody is like, gets a pat on the back and it's okay that you tried, then where's the incentive to be truly amazing or truly above your, your pay grade or, or to rise to the occasion? Just like you said, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that's just mind boggling. And if you don't have that, then it just kind of breeds more mediocrity. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at right now. We have, you know, it, it, it's infuriating to be, you know, sometimes like, you know, I take it personal, which I shouldn't because I work so very hard and mm -hmm. I really try to do my very best on everything I do. And I like competition. I like the fact that I'm making my way and there's competition. I'm trying to give my best customer service. But it, it's 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 interesting how today's society, it's like, I just want to feel good. I just want to be have my ego stroked. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Magistra Blanche Barton did make a updated reaction to the doctor's original pentagonal visionism uh, vision, and that was through her five-point plan revisited essay. She presented this at the 50th Conclave in D.C. You and I were both there. Um, and this is the segment uh, that uh, she addresses with stratification. Number one is stratification and is emphasized by our founding high priest as the point on which all other four goals ultimately rests. It advocates allowing people to sink or swim according to their own talents and abilities instead of being protected from the consequences of their own incompetence. Quote, if a person is ethical, productive, sensitive, and knows how to conduct himself among human beings, fine. If he's a destructive, amoral parasite, he should be dealt with quickly and cruelly. We haven't achieved this yet because of the continuing cult of victimization. Many incompetent, malefic beings are contentedly sucking obscene, uh, sucking enormous resources from our munificent government, sending us all into obscene debt, threatening the financial and social stability of our nation as we keep working to align. Uh, enlighten the compulsion to care for the PC appointed undeserving victims will dissipate like a cloud of unreason leeches will be recognized for what they are and eradicated and even though uh, Magister Barton in this uh, essay ha ends with a positive view of the future I do not share it as a Satanist my perspective is that we have gone the exact opposite direction that the doctor originally wanted with his five-point plan in the beginning. It, she recognizes that in her response to it. But I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get worse. We are going to continually dumb down our society. Now, do you think that is, is apparent in our circle as well? 
or just in general? Definitely in our circle as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to say it, but yeah, I do. Because when you're, when you as a Satanist are seen to be authoritative merely by the number of people that follow you or like your project by clicking a button, not based on the quality of the product, then we're going the wrong fucking direction. We are in a culture that encourages this mentality and Satanists are part of society. We are just doing what everyone else is doing, even though we say we're not. So we have to be objective and honest about our own behaviors. And if you're online and you have this online fan club, well, you're not an authoritative individual because you've worked there. Uh, you've yeah. worked to the sense of this position. You're authoritative because other people are deferring to you because you've been a Satanist recognized longer. Maybe you have uh, some sort of title in the Church of Satan. Uh, maybe you've put out a product that enough other people have liked that you're like, mm, it's not really that good. But if everyone else likes it, I don't want to be the one to say it's shit. So like we live yeah, in yeah. that society. And so, yeah, it's with us, too. And it sucks and it's depressing, but it's reality. You know, and that's, uh, that's, it's interesting that you bring that up because it's, it's, um, you know, do, if we spent less time with liking each other, like, you know, we're supposed to, and spent more time creating and, 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 and doing the things that she, um, illustrated in her plan, her, her revision, then yes. But that's the thing is like, we don't have enough, maybe there aren't enough examples of that. Mm. Maybe there aren't enough examples for people to go, you know what? That's right. Maybe maybe I need to emulate more of that and trying to be popular and see how many fucking likes I get or or taking a popular tirade and and regurgitating it as their own, seeing how profound they are and how amazing they are on their online personas. So, you know, as Satanists, if, if we have problems in our inner circle, then, you know, we need to lead by example that we, we need to stand out among our own herd and and show them that this is what it's really about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this speaks to um, uh, the maestro's essay, The Magic of Mastery, right? So if we truly believed in the idea of meritocracy, we would not, simply because they're a Satanist, support or, um, and I've, I've been guilty of this, <laughs> so I'm part of the fucking problem, support or promote someone's project that simply is just not up to par, and we all know it's not up to par, but we do it anyway because... Either I have to put out content every week to fulfill whatever, you know, manufactured timetable I have in my head, or I just, I, I, I genuinely think that it could be better or it could be worth noting, but it's just simply in comparison, not good enough. Um, and so this is something that I'm not the only one guilty of. Everyone does it. And it is something that we have to objectively stop doing and look at these projects on a uh, uh, um, a case-by-case -case basis based on their own merits. Magic of Mastery states that there is something genuinely magical when someone focuses and devotes their life to some sort of uh, exercise that then they become, uh, they excel and become not just proficient, but masterful in. So whether it's painting or sculpting or stock it's exchange. It's a thousand hours. It's, it's, it's 10,000 hours. That you it's that idea for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 10,000 hours, you know, and, and, you know, in the time that I'm not tattooing, I'm either looking at other tattoos, I'm either drawing or painting when, when, I, when the mood hits the paint, but I usually draw a lot. Um, but I'm always looking at other quality work, dissecting it, trying to figure out 
how the fuck did they pull this off? And then the mm-hmm. next project I do, I try to emulate what I was seeing. And I try to try to put myself in that. <coughs> sorry. I'll try to put myself into that artist position. Like, how did he accomplish this? How does this break down? Mm-hmm. How, what did he use? What was the palette? And I, I really look at it. Sometimes I'm able to emulate it. No problem. Other times I'm like, it's close. But I'm like, this person's been doing it a lot longer than I have on that particular subject matter. And I'm just starting to break it down and try to emulate what I'm seeing to create something unique to broaden me as an artist. You know, it's some artists specialize in certain um, uh, disciplines of tattooing, Mm -hmm. um, traditional, Japanese traditional, uh, neo-traditional portraits. Uh, They try to just stick to be like a one trick pony. I don't like that. I like to be a good tattoo artist on a lot of different levels. I can execute a portrait. I can execute traditional Japanese. I like the fact that a client can come to me and say, I want this style in this way. and I'm able to put my own spin on it and emulate it. But it takes time. You have to Mm -hmm. study a lot. Yeah. It's not something that just happens overnight. And, and, you know, and I understand what you were saying before about the, um, uh, uh, certain people for the likes and, and have the mastery of things and green lighting projects that shouldn't have been green lighted or putting your support behind. It's hard for administration to police all this. And eventually when someone does increase their fuckery to a level of unprecedented, they kind of get kicked out and they kind of go away of the dodo bird. So yeah. if we all just kind of step up our game, I think we'll eliminate a more, you know, try to go into that more. I think we'll we'll police ourselves a little bit more and leave some of the other stuff for administration. I'm I'm sure they have their hands full with everything that they do and having to sift through some rotten uh, apples in the basket. I'm sure is not something they're oh, really sure. doing. Yeah. But it, it, it's common, you know. And and if like you said before, if we start our start doing that and policing ourselves and start standing up for ourselves, which we're fucking supposed to, we're Satanist anyways, mm-hmm. then I think that will change the course of that problem. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd like to think that it would. Um, Zachary brings an interesting uh, direct counter argument to, I think he's mentioning my last week topic, where he says, um, as a, uh, he'd advocate that we step on those that deserve it, idiots and grandstanders, and hold ourselves to our own standards. I would agree with half of that statement. Um, I think the reality is, is if you're concerned about stepping on others in order to grant, to, to, to present uh, your own projects or your own exercises in a better light, then clearly it's not good enough to stand on its own. I think you don't need to concern yourself with others. That's the whole point of the stratification that the doctor is stating as I interpret it. He is saying... Um, let the cream rise to the top. It's not drown those others. We let society take care of that on its own. They're going to fall by their own lack of ability. Those of us who can will. It doesn't mean those of us who can will step on those who can't and then show that we can. No, when you stifle competition, you are putting yourself in a negative position. You're not saying, I'm good enough to stand on my own. You're saying the only way I can stand on my own is if I kick the other person down. No, no, no. No. Healthy competition is a good thing because then it shows you what has merit and what does not. You, 
We should not be concerned about what others are doing, and hence should not be concerned about squashing them. Existence itself will do that. We need to be focused on developing what we do and rising to the top. And so that was my uh, side of that argument. I don't need to be a misanthropist, uh, a misanthropist. I don't need to actively hate others when I'm focusing on myself and when I'm focusing on my trade. Other graphic designers out there, other art directors in different advertising agencies, I don't drag them down or talk shit about them. I'm in an industry. If I did that, I would never get work. That you sounds like to... jealousy. That sounds like jealousy to me. It does like present you're jealous it that way. of them. You're trying to bring them down. It's, yeah. it's okay to want to to want to catch up to the Joneses, but you don't want to have the jealousy thing because that will that will just that's counterproductive. Right. You know, if you want to, you know, that's the thing is if you're looking at, and I'm sure that you are well aware of your competition. I'm yeah. sure you're well aware of what they're doing, and if they have something that you're like, fuck, I could have done that better. And the next thing you do is you're taking what they've done and you're building upon it, which is. The exact same, you're not putting them down for their product. You're enhancing your own ability to recognize what's good and what's bad. Yeah. yeah and competition, I think, is, is a big stimulus in that. Absolutely. And it really just comes down to the individual. And so if, and, and I understand you said Stefan is probably the, the wrong phrase in the chat room. Um, I understand that. So I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on any idea that you're presenting at all. I'm just saying the way that I perceive this entire thing is, um, as a Satanist, I focus on me. I don't focus on everyone else. I focus on what I can bring to the table and I focus on developing and honing my craft so that I can stand alone whether or not I'm surrounded by others that are trying to do the same. Um, and if, if we all do that and stop standing behind others trying to help promote them because we think that they should be worthy, um, i.e. simply because they're a Satanist, uh, not are only we, are we are harming ourselves, but we're presenting a product to the masses that is subpar. And so if that's the statement that we're making about Satanism, that all we can produce is subpar, but we got enough people to help promote it that you know more people are looking at it, well, that's a problem. Look, here's the reality. If I'm creating content like this podcast that sucks, I don't want people to look at it. I don't want people to tune in because it's... It's going to tell me that what I'm doing is not of value, and so I'm going to stop doing it. I'm going to try to figure out something else to do that I can fill you know, the void of time or my desire of creation or whatever it is. Um, the fact yeah, is well, that that's... I've been persistent since I've started. Whether the, the audience ebbs and flows through time is fine and normal. And, I mean, as long as people are tuning in, then I'm going to continue talking. <laughs> and so you might be part of the problem, I guess, is my point. Well, we, we talked about this, too, when I first met you at the uh, at the 49th. We talked about your podcast and things like that and, and and what you wanted to accomplish with it and that brief interlude of breaks that we had between salons. Um, and we are a religion of individualism as well. So mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying, like we need to stand on our own as an individual and create our best product because that's what it is. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, as much as I... How can I put this? Okay. Because of social media, because of Facebook, because of, uh, looks like I'm positive there. No, you're um, good. Because of social media. Okay. Cause it looked like on my end because of social media, because of Instagram, Facebook, all that shit, we could fall into that mentality of likes and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes social media is great that we all get to connect on it, but I think it also breeds that, that, that type of, of, bird mentality that you're talking about getting the instant gratification i mean 
those websites are designed for that. Getting a like makes you feel good about yourself. Oh, somebody likes my post. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's they're designed to give you euphoria when you get those likes. So, yeah, it's it's completely understandable that we are wanting more likes and going with people who like our stuff and this and that, but creating okay content because we're getting the praise that we need. Uh, but I think as individuals and as smart as Satanists are, I think we can give a little bit better. Right. Yeah. We don't have to follow that. We, 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 we understand the philosophies and we understand the teachings and most of us read the essays. Most, you know, it, 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 that's one thing I like about Satanism. It's like a, it's like a, a buffet. You can take what you want and leave the rest. You don't have to be so enamored and immersed in it that everything is doctorate and it's and it's absolutely, you know, uh, um, unchangeable. But that's the thing is you can adapt it to yourself. And how you adapt those philosophies resonate with the quality of work that you do. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't smoke any weed this show, so I don't know if I'm coming off like I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> is that the normal <laughs> you're like i gotta hit i gotta smoke this fucking down it's legal here so you know i do yeah no i definitely understand what you're saying and it does make sense um i think uh, i don't know is there anything else you want to cover with this topic of, of stratification as presented by the doctor not the merriam webster version of stratification but the satanic version of stratification um no, is there no, anything else you want to cover to death already. Yeah, okay. I think we've it, yeah. All right. Well, then let's uh, move on from that, and uh, we will do a little infernal informant. Here we are. Okay, so we are talking about the new bill that was just passed. Um, and the article is presented by CNN.com uh, on the 27th. And it breaks down the stimulus bill into the three different categories. You have direct stimulus payments, unemployment benefits, and small business loans that are a, a result of this stimulus bill. Um, I have not broken down all of the money that is being sent to um, corporations or into funds that can be used in any way at all. But this is a $2 trillion stimulus bill. $2 trillion that we just made up. That we didn't have. We just made up. So we can stop pretending like our economy is based on actual production and <coughs> realize that, no, it's all lies. It's what we want it to be. Uh, which even makes it more frustrating. Um, but there are going to be direct stimulus payments paid out to people. So here are some notes that I think are going to be important for those of us who are in a position of, and if you're a U.S. citizen, you are in a position of receiving money no matter what, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take a while. And it in part depends on how you file your taxes. If you send in uh, your routing information and your bank account information to the IRS, you're going to get your stimulus check sooner, but it's still going to take up to a month or more. So expect that. Uh, if you're looking to make rent, you're not going to do it with your stimulus payments. 
Okay, so individuals will be uh, due up to $1,200 and couples would receive up to $2,400 plus $500 per child. That starts phasing out for individuals with adjusted gross incomes of more than $75,000. Uh, income thresholds would be doubled for couples. Generally, they're based over 2019 and 2018 tax returns. So if you just got fired and you were in desperate need, but in 2018 you were killing it, you're going to be fucked because you're only going to get a stimulus based on when you are killing it, not now when you need it, uh, which sucks, but that's how they're doing it. Um, it's only a one-time payment as yeah, well. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to be getting it for months. Exactly. It's a one-time payment and it is going to be taxed at the next year. So you're going to have to pay it back. Well, they did say the payments would not be subject to tax and those who owe back taxes will still get a check. So that they're was a stipulation. They're going to figure out a way to get that money back. That's not, we, we don't give anything <laughs> for free. Yeah, we never might. give anything for free. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Even I know better than that. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're going to, yeah, they're going to figure out a way. They're going to figure out a way. And it's only a one-time payment. And mm -hmm. it's not really going to help matters. I mean, it can, but I mean, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of a, um, the way that I see it is it's more of a, Hey, we're going to give you some money. It's going to be all right. You're going to get the stimulus. It's only a one-time pay because it's not that bad. They know full well that it's a lot worse than what it is. And a one-time payment is not going to help you. No. I mean, in Las Vegas alone, we have over 300,000 workers from the casinos that have been laid off. Yeah. That 1200 bucks is not going to matter to a lot. And the other thing, too, is it's landlords are still charging rent. Now, mm -hmm. This is what really pisses me off. If you can order us to stay home and not work, you can order them to not charge us. Yeah. Super simple. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, we have this thing in Vegas where they sent out this this complex, sent out this nasty fucking note to people having to pay their rent. And it's like, are you a fucking asshole? <laughs> like, like, seriously. Like, you know, we can't work. It's not a choice. Yep. It's not like today I said, fuck this place. I'm not going to pay my rent. Yep. We want to go to work. We want to make money. That's the American dream is the pursuit of more shit. Now we're not able to get more shit. Yep. So we can't pay for the shit that we already have now. And it's not by choice. So the stimulus is nice and all. And these loans are great. But it's not going to help the situation. I don't think. I think it's just a, a, a way to calm the masses. Yeah. Hey, you're going to get some money. You're going to be able to buy groceries. You're going to be able to put gas in your car. Maybe pay your car insurance, but it's really not going to help you. I mean, if you think about I it, agree, too, the yeah. banks are going to have to adjust because they're not going to want to repossess over over 30,000 cars. Mm -hmm. Apartment complex aren't going to want to evict over 300 tenants. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely asinine how it shows how there was nothing in place for something like this yeah. at all. And it, it's it, policy will be made as this bad situation continues. Yeah. Well, there are local, uh, regionally, uh, state governments, which are putting holds. And there is suggestion on Capitol Hill that they should put out those statements, but they're being rejected by Republicans because Republicans, and I say that with a broad stroke, but it is a, a reality. They don't want to force everyone to live off the teat of the government. And that means that they want people to lose their homes because, again, that's their whole philosophy. Not to say it's good or bad, 
but just the reality. That's why you're not going to see us something like that, because the, those in power in the Senate, which are the Republican Party, do not want that to be passed. Uh, but it is being tried to be passed or presented anyway. Um, before we def uh, jump off of this really quick, I do want to bring this up. Um, those who made too much to qualify in 2018 and 2019, uh, but your income fell in 2020, will receive a tax credit when you file your return next year. So it's not going to help you now. It's not really going to help you next year, but they have to put something in there to make you feel good and warm and fuzzy. And so that's what it is. Um, and again, it's likely going to take weeks before the first payments go out. And if you only get your tax returns through the mail, it's going to take months. So uh, part of this also is unemployment benefits. And this is the one that I think is actually going to be the most benefit to people. Uh, and so if you're not working right now, but you're too proud to sign up for unemployment, we're about to get to a fever pitch where you're not going to be able to even apply because there's going to be too many people. So do it while you can. This is a stimulus that is for every American. Whether you feel too proud or not, your family is going to need this money. So swallow your fucking pride, suck the teat while you have to, and stand up on your own when you can. But until then, that's, what these, that's why you pay taxes. This is exactly why you pay taxes. So take advantage of the programs that are available. They're, the federal government is going to give an extra $600 a week on top of the state benefits. So state benefits range from 200 to 300 a week. That's huge. And this is the point where most of uh, the Senate did not want to continue. And they fought for this because um, Republicans didn't want anyone to make more money in this pandemic than they were making before. And I can understand the mentality of that, except the fact that we can't work. We don't have choices now. And so we have to deal with it in a different way than we dealt with things before. Um, this isn't personal choice anymore. This is forced. Um, it gives you up to 13 weeks of extended benefits. So whatever other benefits that your state offers... It's going to give 13 more weeks for those. And again, there's so many you know, by different state and region that that's kind of up to them to adopt. And that's probably going to take a very long time between 12 and 28 weeks to implement. Um, new pandemic unemployment assistance program would expand eligibility to those who are unemployed, partially unemployed, or unable to work because of the virus and don't qualify for traditional benefits. So just because you may have a pay cut like me, you could probably still see some benefit if you reached out to your um, local unemployment office. If your pay was cut, you still may get some of this help. So look into it. It is worth it. Um, small business loans. And this is going to affect you. It's going to affect me. And it affects uh, virtually everyone I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's roughly $350 billion set aside for new business loan. Um, uh, and at least portion of those will be forgiven. You will not have to pay them back. So the forgiven amount would equal to eight weeks worth of payroll obligations, wages and benefits, plus rent or mortgage bills and utilities. So that you're, you can still pay your rent, you can still um, uh, pay your employees, you can still have your benefits and utilities turned on for your business, even though you're not allowed to go to it. Um, so you don't lose your business and that's huge. If you are a small business owner, you need to apply for this stuff. And again, I know a lot of Satanists who are very proud and have stood on their feet their whole lives and never asked their government for anything. You're not asking in this case, the government is offering and it would be 
stupid not to take what someone offers you. So swallow your pride if that's a barrier. Look around you and realize the situation we're in and understand this is why you pay taxes and this is a benefit yeah, of being in this society. This is the time to uh, pick up your skirt and grab your balls and start doing what needs to be done. <laughs> nice way of saying it. But Thank exactly you. right. Exactly right. And that's really all I wanted to do with this because I didn't want to talk about COVID again because we've just been talking about it nonstop. I wanted to have something positive in the Infernal Informant segment. And this is something that though many people have heard about it, they don't really necessarily know that there are benefits to a lot of people, even if you're not on unemployment. And especially if you're a small business owner, which is a lot of fucking Satanists. We are very yeah. entrepreneurial. This is your chance to stay afloat and it is available. So please be a responsible human and take the fucking lifeline. Um, it's going to just take the money, you. Lebowski. <laughs> exactly right. All right. That's all I had. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this? No, I think that was pretty much, uh, yeah, that's pretty much where I was going with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, they're offering it. So take it, mm -hmm. take it, take it, take it. Yep. Give me some free money. I'll take the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to some crazy madness with uh, the creature feature. So excited about this. I'm so excited. All right, here we are. We're going to be talking about Tiger King, murder, mayhem, and madness. Now, this is a Netflix 2020 true crime documentary about Joseph Maldonado Passage, also known as Joe Exotic, who owns a, a tiger reserve called the Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park. Not really a tiger reserve, um, but it's really based around his... Um, uh, the whole series focuses on his rivalry and fight, like outright fighting and threatening of Carol Baskin, who is the owner of a big cat reserve. So it breaks down like this. Carol Baskin alleges that Joe Exotic's breeding programs, zoo and animal conditions, and practice of charging visitors to pet lion or tiger cubs as abuse to the big cats. Joe Exotic alleges conditions at Carol Baskin's Florida Rescue are subpar and that Carol Baskin is waging a hypocritical campaign focusing on harassment against him by creating websites, naming him an animal abuser, hiring people or encouraging PETA to track his movements and damaging his sources of income by likewise badgering potential clients. And so it is a tit for tat baseline, but it gets so much bigger than that. I, I have to tell you, this is like a seven part series. They're like 45 minutes each episode. And each one is more insane and it gets crazier every episode on. And it, I, I couldn't stop. Like I watched half of it with my wife one night and the next night we finished it all. What would, what did you think of this? Um, I saw it on, uh, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast was talking about it. And I was like, eh, I don't know about this show. And then you were like, we're going to talk about it. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so, so I had to like binge watch it this morning and get all of it so I could be ready for today. So, I mean, it is a fucking train wreck. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, I could not look away. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? First of all, I don't want to get into a fucking cage with a fucking lion or a fucking lion or a lynx or a bobcat or a bear, any of that shit. No, thanks. But these people, like, this is their whole life is emerging themselves with these dangerous, massive predators. Yeah. They're predators. 
Yeah. And it's it's they they bathe with them and they pet them and it, it's just it, it it takes a special person to want to engage in this lifestyle and these people are a breed like I've never seen before. I mean, it is just it's funny how in part of the show as long as that person is doing well and providing for all the other people, they love this person. Yeah. But if this person like falls or stumbles or there's problems. You watch how fast they fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I was like, everyone's like, fuck you, he's a piece of shit. He gave me a fucking car. He gave me a fucking light. And I was like, that doesn't sound very, very piece of shit to me, but okay. You know, you, you know it, it's just very interesting how, like, and I was like, the amount of money that is used for the care of these animals is insane mm -hmm. uh you know how they get their resources also insane yeah uh it, it, it is something that i recommend everybody watch because it's gonna it's it's a mind fuck it's it's entertaining that. for sure but i like the first night we watched i think it was like four or five episodes like we were there for a while just binging and uh i went to bed and i just felt horrible like i felt like a horrible human being like i felt like something was wrong with me that i would sit and watch this show but then i woke up the next day i was like baby we got to finish this series <laughs> like i've got to know where it goes i have to know how this ends because i feel so terrible halfway through that i, I there has to be a light at the end of this fucking tunnel spoiler no. there's not <laughs> there's no light but no, like, it's, it's it's a huge rabbit hole yeah, um, the older I get, um, the, the, the less that I think there should be anything at all. There should be no zoos. I, I don't think animals should be put in cages or in habitats for people to observe. I think if you want to go to their natural habitat, like if you want to go to like a safari in Kenya, for example, awesome. Go see lions and tigers and bears, oh my. But go out to their area if you're going to do it. To, to keep them in captivity, that means that there is money behind it, which means there's abuse behind it, and there's criminality. It is not up and up, and it cannot be up and up, because you are literally abusing other animals. And we as Satanists, we often say that we see ourselves as animals, not better, sometimes worse than those who walk on all fours, and yet some of us are completely okay with the containment and abuse of animals so that we can point and giggle at them or sit, sit in awe. And then you have if fucking assholes like this who are literal drug fucking dealers. They're animal, uh, they sell animal cubs before they're even old enough to be uh, handled by human beings in order to make money, in order to pay. And then once the, the cubs are too old to bring them money, they just euthanize them. As soon as the lions are too old to be useful to them, they euthanize them. The, we have more of tigers in captivity and bred than we have in the fucking wild. That oh, blows yeah. my yeah. mind. I, I've been to the San Diego Zoo and they have a safari park and it's it's nice. It's nice. But I mean I mean if you could go to if you have the funds to go to Kenya, by all means. But like your state run zoos, they're pretty much on the up and up versus these I would say charlatans because it's not just zoos are made for education and they, they really treat the animals well when it's run and there's guidelines and the EPA and I mean, uh, uh, the PETA and all that stuff. So, um, you know, like the San Diego zoo is awesome. If you get a chance to go, go, uh, the Denver zoo is another one of my favorites. Um, they, they take care of those animals, but no, it's absolutely right. It, it, 
this is, uh, to me, this would be abuse, animal abuse, because some of the cages are not, they're not conducive to these creatures. It's, it's, you know, there's too many of them in one cage. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, they use them for magic shows and, and petting zoos. And, and it's just, no, it's not for observation or education. It is to make money. And not no. only do the people that uh, own these uh, uh, so-called zoos, they don't only exploit the animals, but they also exploit the people that work with them. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. They're not good people on any way, level. They, oh, I'm such an animal lover. I'm a this, I'm a that. It's These are the absolute worst human beings I think I've ever witnessed. And I've, I've seen a lot of turds in the punch bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this show brings out a lot of turds. And it's not just um, Joseph and... Uh, uh, what's her name? Carol Baskin. Or that, it that brings mystical out... doctor, whatever the... Yeah, the Bogvoggy... Oh, the harem? <laughs> guy. Everyone that's, that's that has these animals... Tea, yeah, they're using the animals in order to get things out of other people. Whether it's money, whether it's drugs, whether it's power, whether it's sex. Like, they use the animal. They don't care for the animal. Now, the people who are, like, the caretakers... They generally usually care about the creatures they're tending, but the people running the parks don't give a fuck. And the problem is, is that, you know, we have talk shows. And so these people go on talk show circuits and bring their animals out to parade them around. Meanwhile, these animals don't know what the hell's going on. They don't realize they're at a show where, you know, dozens of people are laughing and giggling and, and pointing at them. They're freaking the fuck out. They don't know what the hell's going on. And I think, I think it's funny when they always complain about the animals attacking. Like the tiger attacks or the lion attacks, like yeah, that's what the fuck they do. Mm. They're fucking wild animals. They're you know, I mean, some of the animal like the liger, that's a nine hundred pound fucking animal. <laughs> a ton is sixteen hundred. So we're we're pushing almost a ton of fucking power here. That's mm -hmm. got you know teeth and claws that are this fucking long. Yeah, it's 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 your your insanity. You know, you know, I when I went to the uh, the Denver Zoo, uh, they have a a two-way glass, and it's really thick. And I just was looking at the lions, and their toe is like this fucking big. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a big cat. I said, you got to be insane to be in there with them. And then I watched this show, and I'm like, I'm surprised these people even lasted a year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that they were still alive. Without <laughs> these giant animals just like, fuck this shit, I'm over this. It's wild. It is is entirely uh, entertaining to watch and horrifying. Uh, you don't actually see any animal abuse, like you know, people beating and torturing animals or anything. So if you are an animal lover and that's what's been holding you back, you can still watch this series. But it is going to present humanity in a very bad light because we are bad, <laughs> and not we as an individuals, but we collectively as a species. Human beings are the fucking worst. So. It, it, like you have the guy who who uh inspired the film scarface is one of these fucking dudes oh yeah <laughs> like, yeah scarface yeah, he pulls up in his yeah he pulls up in his fucking bentley and shit and he's got he's got yeah. like a he's got like like 20 fucking kind of monkeys living in his house mm -hmm. and his wife has little baby clothes to put on the monkeys i was like <laughs> this chick is fucked you have baby clothes for your yeah. pet fucking monkeys. Yeah. We thought, you know, it, it's it's like we made fun of, you know, Michael Jackson and Bubbles and all that shit. And then you look at these people, it's like, wow, Michael Jackson was tame as fuck. And it, it's funny because 
as Bubbles got older, mm-hmm. he had to be in a cage and not be interacting because he had become very fucking dangerous. Yeah. I mean, don't rip your fucking face off. I mean, but these people are like kissing the monkeys and they're, I was like, God, you must have a death wish. <laughs> you, must, you must have a fucking death wish. Yeah. I mean, don't rip your dick off in two seconds. Like, no, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's like, are you insane? Yeah. Uh, and so, so, like, you would think that the, um, the the animal parks themselves would be the draw of this series because of the horror or the situations. But no, it's the people. It is the fucking people involved in them that is the draw of this because you see some insane stuff. Like, I'm convinced after this docuseries that Carol Baskin murdered her husband and fed him to her lions oh, and her tigers in oh, order yeah. to have oh, her yeah. millions. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. She fed that motherfucking lion. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Just crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, 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 it, and here's, here's something else, too. It's like, you, can you imagine this, how, how intoxicating it is for these people that their persona that people see, like the, the one doctor dude yeah. who's got the harem, his persona is more intoxicating to watch than the actual creatures themselves. Yeah. People come there to see them more than they come to see the creatures. And that's absolutely amazing to me. Amazing. And you would want to be part of that inner circle because these people are so polarizing. And the animals would be more of the draw than than I would. You know, you know, we get down on SeaWorld. Yeah. But then you look, it's like SeaWorld is like a corporation doing it. And then you look at these lunatics, you're like, fuck, man. It's it's <laughs> It's just sad. It's so crazy. And the thing is, like, they're all so stupid that it, it I mean, all criminals in some, if they're caught criminals, if they're known criminals, then of course they're stupid because they didn't get away with it. And there's so many criminals out there who are intelligent and are not caught and operate. Most of them are in corporate America, but uh, like you, you can be an intelligent criminal, but these guys are not. They're the worst of the worst, just gaming each other, abusing each other, dropping dimes on each other, hoping that it doesn't come back to them. But as soon as someone starts looking into someone else's animal park, of course they're going to look into yours. Like, you're just, you're setting yourself up. Except for Carol, because she's in with PETA. She has a lot of influence. Yeah. She's the, I say out of all of them, she's the smartest motherfucker in the bunch. Yeah, She's probably sure. the smartest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's the smartest. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's... You know, and then after they show, I, I mean, we don't want to do spoilers here, but yeah. nobody wins in this thing. Not a single person wins here. It's just sad on so many levels. Yeah. And you, you, you almost feel bad for them. Almost. <laughs> I almost, I was like, wait a minute. Well, I feel bad for this motherfucker. He yeah. was living the high life for years. Mm-hmm. Doing meth and, 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 and having two husbands and teeth rotting out of one of them. And, and, oh, oh. Dude. These guys. We have a, we have a saying. Uh, uh, um, when I worked in the strip club business, there was you know drugs are one of those things, and mm-hmm. some of the girls took too, too many drugs, and they would come in with missing teeth, and we'd say, "Well, how'd she get rid of all those teeth?" Well, she smoked them out. She yeah. smoked those teeth out, right? And these, you know, it, it, you look at the lifestyle these guys had, and then you look at the money that they made versus the way they treated the people that worked there. Mm-hmm. Substandard housing. Uh, living in, in, in poverty and, and, and just, you know, paying them, what, what what was it, like 20 bucks a day for 17 hours? like Yeah, it was nothing. Because they love the animals so much and they just love being a part of this. It's and like, Carol doesn't pay people at all. At all. 
a hundred volunteers and they have to graduate to serve. It's like, it's like a fucking cult. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're only a yellow shirt. Well, you're going to have to be here longer to get to Navy shirt status. And then she's like, well, once they get to Navy shirt status, then I recognize them of who they are. (laughs) And I said, well, you've been here a while and you look old. It's like, Oh my God. This person is helping, keeping you in diamonds and furs. It's like, amazing. No cost, no employment cost. Yeah, Volunteer, it's amazing. Plus, she gets money from PETA and all this other bullshit. This lady's a fucking genius. She's she's probably the smartest one by mm-hmm. aligning herself with PETA. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, well, if you know how to get your husband to disappear by feeding him to his own fucking lions and tigers, mm-hmm. this chick is not to be fucked around with. And too many people poke the fucking bear. Yeah. Well, the thing is with this series is that it's still going on. Like these people are still out there. The story is still unfolding. And so you, you get to the end of the docuseries and you're like, wow, that was insane. But I just saw in the news more developments. So this shit is still going on. They're going to have a second season. Trust me. It's so oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. But yeah, it, it's, it forced me to feel horrible about myself. Not, not about myself, but just I just feel horrible about humanity and, and being a part of it a part of the same group as these types of humans made me feel disgusting. And then once it was over, I was hoping for some cathartic end that never came. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, <laughs> I can't take it. I need, I need to pick her no, up. But you know, it, it, and you look at these people and you look at their lives and what's going on. And you're just like, even though some of them have money and they're okay. And they're this and that, it's like, it, it's a lifestyle that's completely just fucked. Yeah. It's just fucked. You know, and, I, and the guy that's got the harem, I was like, man, <laughs> you know, he, you know, and I was like, oh, he went to this guru. He is like the one chick said that he was uh, enlightening women with his penis. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, that's a skill set I got to learn by touching my penis. You get enlightened. Oh, oh my God. How do I make that? Oh. That's lesser magic on a level that's unprecedented. <laughs> That is some serious lesser magic right so there. Funny. Just the thought of touching my penis will make you enlightened. Yeah. Where do I sign the fuck? In the third eye, mushroom stamp. Man. <laughs> Swimming in poo nanny. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so funny. I mean, yeah, but you think about it too, like absolute power corrupts absolute. Yeah. These, these guys feel that they could dominate lions and tigers and elephants. What's a person in them? You yeah. know what I mean? That's like, exactly right. These, yeah. Yeah, these massive animals, they obey me. Mm-hmm. I'm the fucking master. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's got to be a mind trip. I mean, if there was ever a camp to go to, I would love to go to a camp where you could be one of these guys for a week. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be the best camp ever. That would be just a, a great a, a great seminar. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, you know those motivational seminars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those things. I, I, I love being motivated. Oh, no. But having something like that for a week would be Awesome. Oh, that's terrible. Be a profit animal tamer. Fuck, dude, that's full ass backwards in the money. Man, that sounds like a fucking. Uh, but it's not. It's all smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to cover with this insane series that I recommend everyone watch? Yeah, I, I second that. You, you need. You know what? You're at home. You ain't doing nothing the fuck else. So you might as well watch this train wreck. Yeah. So yeah, it's. It's pretty entertaining, you know, and, and then don't forget to watch like Star Trek or something to 
to, to, to moralize yourself. You seriously. Fix all that morals. Bring yeah. yourself back to normal, like somehow, because <laughs> this is going Whoa. to put you off the deep end. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's going to do it for this episode of Nine Cents. Thank you, man, for joining me. And, and of course, it's been a lot of fucking fun. Uh, yeah, the t-shirt guy and the and the button-up shirt guy. It always works. <laughs> well, I hope all of you out there enjoyed it. Uh, whether you're listening live, thank you all so much for tuning in live. Or after the fact, uh, this is available on YouTube, but also as an audio podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search Reverend Campbell. I'll come up and uh, you can subscribe there. Uh, you can view past episodes of Nine Cents or my other satanic series on my website, reverendcampbell.com. If you like what this is uh, all about, if you enjoy these shows, subscribe to the YouTube channel, sign up to the email list, and give me a rating in whatever podcast uh, platform you use. Uh, and that's, that's it. If you want to learn more about Satanism, read the satanic bible visit churchofsatan.com there's a whole bunch of really great content there where you can inform and educate yourself and uh have a fantastic fucking quarantine try to be positive try to be productive try not to spiral out of control and lose your fucking mind and stay healthy all right well until next week everyone hail satan hail satan